The last episode was in March. March, end of March. Dude, I think it's almost been two months. Yeah. Wow. We're behind the times. Yeah, we, and we're finally back with this with the sixteenth episode. How dare you? <laughs> I moved to strike. <laughs> okay. so it's devastating for my case. <laughs> No, in all fairness, things have been kind of crazy with life and COVID and just social distancing in general. So, well, and now the world's on fire. So, yeah, it just seriously. continues to get worse and 2020, worse. 2020, I mean, I'll be polite about this, but it can go f itself for <laughs> all I care. <laughs> That's the consensus, man. It's, it's been brutal, man. Like, we, we've we, had some deaths in the family, we've had some crazy stuff happened just covid like all it's just been i think 2020 has been a rough go for people just in general so far man yeah i think people are already looking forward to 2021 well we're halfway there which is nice pretty pretty darn close pretty close summer solstice is coming up here soon that's trippy that's trippy but we are back episode 16 making the cut with corbin trev the old one two the old one, too. Boom, boom. Ba-ba. Blah, blah. <laughs> Nothing really changed for me. I was going to say, yeah. you know, I've got a bunch of new things and everything. Nothing. I still had to go to work, and yeah. one, I was one of two people that were still going into the office. So I, I felt like everybody else was like constantly able to talk about how their life was changing and Mm-hmm. Most people, their entire job got flipped upside down and went yeah. back home to work if you were able to. Yeah. Which some so, people elected not to work. And then, yeah. You know, yeah. well, maybe not where you work, but I'm just saying in general, some people mm-hmm. said, uh, no, I'll take this. The unemployment. Know, the unemployment. Or, yeah. Or I just think the time off, you know, like I'm not. I think that happened. A little, probably, yeah. I think a lot, a lot of that might have happened maybe in the health care industry a little more. Yeah. I know, like my sister, kind of works in that industry, and I think they think they offered her to, like, you know, hey, do you want to take time away from work for a while? Like, because I think that they were offering, like, maybe it was like a optional furlough or something like that. Oh, okay. So that's cool. But you know, for someone who just started recently, you know, it's yeah. one of those things. Like, do I really want to have that? show that mentality that oh yeah i'm cool yeah. But, uh, peace see ya because then you don't know i thought you'd what, never at that, ask. at that point when are you gonna go back to work yeah maybe they say yeah we don't know if we need you well and that's what's hard about those situations everybody knows how quick people kind of like acclimate you know right so right you get it you yeah. lose a role you know maybe that company's like hey we're doing all right without it mm-hmm. so i'm fortunate yeah i'm there's probably a billion examples of people of just horrible unfortunateness with when it comes to simply just your job, let alone everything else going on in life. And so I, another reason I felt like I didn't want, I nothing really changed for me is I wasn't really trying to act like yeah. there was an issue. Cause yeah. It definitely wasn't. It worked out fine. But remember in the beginning of it, you know, now that we're kind of like, we've been doing the quarantine for a mm-hmm. while now and everybody's fully engaged. It's like, now businesses are open back up. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you, we're on the tail end of it. I don't want to say the tail end of it, but like back to some sort of normalcy. Mm-hmm. And the um, last time we were talking, you know, we had no idea what the hell was going on. Oh, yeah. 
We, you know, we, yeah, was, we were probably mentioning 28 Days Later and things like yeah, that it was, the last episode. <laughs> it was definitely only a couple weeks into it. Yeah. That's for sure. And it was it was just unknown. So it's cool to that it, for the most part, I feel like Spokane did okay. Yeah. I think the, I looked last week. I think there's maybe been a total of like 530 active cases in all of Spokane County. So that's... That's on the smaller side of things. Yeah. Like on the, I think the death toll was right around 30, 31 in Spokane County, which comparatively to some of the other counties like Whatcom County, I think had 35 or something like yeah, that. And granted, Bellingham's right. a little closer, Whatcom County's a little closer to King County. That makes sense. Yeah. But at the same time, population wise, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not even close. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, it, it was it was interesting, and and now we're here, and mm-hmm. it feels good to be back for sure. Right. It feels good to try and kick into. I mean, despite the fact that literally the world is on fire, and yeah. there's just yeah a mess of every major city. I mean, even Spokane, I couldn't go to work today because. My boss was like, yeah, why don't you guys just stay home? Really? Yeah, he didn't want... I mean, we we would have been fine. He went in to check out mm-hmm. the building and stuff and talk to the building owners. But, yeah, he was like, just stay away from downtown for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I know. Because I, everything I saw, it seemed like it was a peaceful rally or whatever yesterday evening. Yesterday evening, right? Yeah, yesterday and... But, Afternoon slash evening. Yeah, there's... Apparently, there's this white supremacist group, the... Uh, what are they calling something boys like the 2020 boys or something like that? What do they call him? Some white supremacist group. Oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't and, heard about this yet. Oh yeah. That was the whole gig is that the protests were peaceful. And then all of a sudden buses of these ran other people showed up. Mm. The proud boys. That's what they're called. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I've heard of them. Yeah. And so, um, they showed up and then they started, Causing issues. Yeah, literally, that's what started any sort of damage. Hmm. So, there's a lot of conspiracy about, I don't know if you've heard of a lot of this, that this is like, this is just straight up domestic terrorism and that basically all of the riots are because of, the violent riots are because of, like, people planting pallets of bricks and stuff and paying people to protest and paying people to damage. Yeah, you can find a bunch of examples of it on Twitter. Huh. So if you're interested, I would look into it. Yeah, but, no, I will. I will. Because these kids were on, they were standing in front of a courthouse. I don't know if it was LA or where it was, but it was a major city. It was this huge, beautiful, like all glass window courthouse. And there's just a pallet of bricks in front of it. And there's no construction going on anywhere. <laughs> and the guy's like, nice job. So it's just planned domestic, like. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's all. Uh, yeah, you just there. There's could be a could be a political. political well, yeah. Uh, what if it was like um a a last ditch effort to like really really hose next year's elections? Yeah, you mean this year's elections? It, this yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. In November, right? We're gonna be voting. <sighs> you tell me, man. Gosh, like you said, the world's on fire. The world is on fire. So I don't know. At this point, I really don't know. Yeah, who 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 would be able to? Yeah, what's new with you, buddy? What uh, what's so been I just going? Dropped on? it on you. Too. <laughs> Work's been crazy. 
obviously with COVID, we kind of got back to a little more normalcy with with work, which is nice. Obviously, still not traveling for work, so been you know working from home and trying to get stuff done. How do you um, like working from home? Do well, you I'm, prefer- I'm used to it. I, okay. I'm used to it. You know, I've gotten to, after the first like two months, I think I realized I haven't gone on a work trip in like two months. This is kind of an odd feeling for me. Mm-hmm. Now it's sort of like, I feel like the, the, when I have the opportunity to actually schedule a trip to like Portland or Seattle or where, you know, wherever I have to go see clients and talk about the business it's going to probably be weird. Like, whoa, how do I do this? I can't even yeah. remember how to book my flight. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know. It, no, it, it's it weird. comes second nature, but it, it is, it, it's, that you acc- go from like one normalcy to like, now you're kind of in the, mm-hmm. the groove of working from home and the day-to-day stuff and just, you know, Not hammer, hammer, hammering it out. Yeah, getting it done and doing what you need to continue to maintain and grow the business from, just just working at home. Yeah. Instead of being in person and shaking hands and kissing babies. So. And shaking hands and kissing babies. Um, but other than that, uh, things are good. Had a good Memorial Day weekend. Was up at the property for that. I think that was kind of like one of the first weekends where people came out of their shell and said, hey, I'm cool with hanging out and camping. And, yeah. you know, this whole social distancing thing can f*** right off. Yeah. <clears throat> that was fun. Much needed. Got to go up to the in-laws with the wife and a bunch of people and just enjoy mother nature. The weather was very questionable at times. Had some downpours, had some rain, but it was, it was kind of fun. You know, I kind of like when the, when the added element of weather and camping mixes, it's, it kind of makes it a little unique and fun, more memorable, I think. Well, you really feel like you're camping. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, the The river at that point was still super, super high. Probably the highest I've ever seen it. Oh, at least for that time of the year. What was interesting about it is it was so high at the property that you could actually fly fish on the property. Which you, Whoa. you yeah, you don't typically. That's one of the slowest, shallowest parts of the river. Right out in front of Bill and Tammy's property, we saw fish jumping, and it was like. Ah, uh, this is kind of cool. We don't have to go anywhere. Because anywhere else we would go, you know, you wouldn't be able to get in and wade fish. Like, it was just ripping too hard. Gotcha. Up until Tuesday, Wednesday of this last week. Um, but then uh, Drew and I got up there yesterday and oh, landed, nice. I landed a personal best. It was an absolute monster. Your father would have been very proud. Nice. And, yeah. That's good. Yeah, it was a hog, man. It's on Facebook. Uh, pictures, pictures up there. Big old toad. Two, the fish is so two, big; it's holding you. Yeah, it's holding me. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was awesome. I've been uh, spending time, kind of just hanging out at home and catching up on Netflix series. And oh, it's been a good time for all that kind of stuff. Yeah, spring cleaning, yeah. spring cleaning. Yeah, read those books, watch those shows. Yeah. Doing the th- doing the damn thing and getting out when I can. Been riding the bike still, trying to get a few, you know, ten to fifteen mile rides in each week. I'm that's a good now that the weather's a little more consistent. I think I'm gonna try to make it more of a three to four day a week thing. Yeah, I don't know if that means maybe doing early morning rides and getting it done and or work starts 
certainly possible. And once you start that, you'll probably become super addicted to that. Yeah. Yeah. Just to start your day like that would be so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been good. I think gyms are supposed to open up pretty soon, right? Like, yeah. I, I I'm I'm told maybe like June fifteenth is right around. Like so, when, once that happens, I'll probably try to get back to the gym like three or four days a week too. So. Yeah. It sounds like you. Uh, yeah, we, you're, you're already there though, right? Well, we kind we, of. Me and Chris have been working on. We we worked on some stuff yeah. over the over the the break, and that was nice to stay healthy that way. Yeah. Um, it's not the same because it's like you just roll with the same person over and right, over, and after right. a while, you're like. I want a different look. But, <laughs> well, and Chris is so good. It's like, it just for me, it was like, I just show up to just get my ass kicked over and over and over. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, but it, it makes you better. And so yeah, that was awesome. But everybody's itching the group. The Jitsu group chat was going off a lot. Yeah. During the quarantine. So, I can imagine when we had hit a really good stride, the, the morning class was really like, everybody was showing up a lot. Mm-hmm. And so you had a big group every mm-hmm. time. So, talk about getting in shape. It was just the best. Well, that's good though, because usually once, like, when there's that pent up demand too, maybe it'll be an even bigger yes. group when you know. And I've get already back to noticed that. Yeah, 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 a little bit because there's yeah. there's some new folks, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, we we've been doing that, and then just the the yard work, you know, the like spring cleaning, like getting everything ready for you know, plant flowers and getting the garden and all that crap. Mm-hmm. We just had time to do it, you know. Yeah. We got our solar panels on too, finally. They're on. On the house? Yeah. Man, you're yeah, going to get a you're going to get a paycheck. No, huh? yeah. you're going to get a you're going to get a reimbursement check at the end of each year, right? No, so they changed the taxes or the oh, tax what? credits. So that's cut off. Oh, now you just get like a flat. Well, we still get like 10 or 14 grand. In, Sweet. In a tax credit. But okay. What you're talking about was if you were smart and you did it right away, mm-hmm. yeah, you'd be cutting yourself a few thousand bucks every year. Yeah, I think a buddy of mine gets a gets a check like is it every month or maybe oh well once if he's a year? he's at the point where he's got the power company paying well, it, him back on his a monthly whole, basis. His, I think part of it though is his whole home is green, so That's everything cool. everything's like made out of recycled products. He's got uh, the solar panels. Yep. Um, the efficient water. So, like for like toilets. Oh, cool. Um, and then everything's laundry. LED. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of different things yeah, that you can do. Yeah. Like insulate your house a little better. Spray some insulation in your ceiling if you mm-hmm, can. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of different things that are just. I mean, I've been trying to put in these smart lights to so you can set automated timers to be like no matter what turn this effing light off right and all these other lights off too clap on clap off yeah exactly the clapper, the, clapper. <laughs> the siri clapper bro have you uh have you seen any good movies lately uh yeah dude <laughs> jordan and i watched the wrong missy yes Ah, uh, so good Dude, so good. I haven't laughed that hard for a movie since the forty-year-old virgin. She is absolutely insanely good at playing someone nuts. She's she's super funny. Yeah, that was so funny. That was, it was the first ten minutes. I told myself, "What am I watching? Why am I watching this?" Yeah, and then it was kind of like, "Okay, I can't stop watching this. No, I have to see what happens now." I forgot 
because we were drinking a little bit when we were watching, but I forgot what she called herself when she's in the hot tub and she's got the eyes. Oh, yeah. The, dude. Yeah. I died at that yeah. part. I died. <laughs> and I don't want to give it, I don't want to give too much away. I don't want to build up this movie too right. much because I want everybody to go experience it yourself. Mm -hmm. But it was so fun. It was definitely a happy Madison production. Oh, yeah. It was sure. the throwback to the 90s, 2000s. You know what kind of remind me of? Um, in a way, the the humor was a lot like the humor you saw in. Do you remember That's My Boy? Yeah, where Sandler's like the washed up like eighties, like what was it like an eighties? Was it that Mickey Mouse Club type pop star or whatever, and yeah. just washed out and God, had this about had this movie. kid with had a kid with uh, his teacher who ended up going to jail for it because he was underage. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot about that movie. I'm pretty sure it's called That's My Boy. Yep. 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 That's it. Obviously, you know, a lot of people didn't think That's My Boy was that great, but I thought it was parts of it were really Yeah, funny. I mean, you go to IMDb and Rotten, and it's like 5 or 20%, but yeah. it's one of those like they don't like the wrong Missy probably did well let's look that up I wonder what that ratings was I'm sure it's probably a little better based on how well it's done on Netflix so far no yeah. same pretty about much. same yeah, 5.7 okay. yeah. IMDB just hates Adam Sandler <laughs> unless it's uncut gems they hate Adam yeah. Sandler oh, which by man. the way Did you get to watch I finally that? watched very good you were right definitely a wild ride that just kind of takes you in and you're like oh you're like God. i'm going to die with this yeah, person yeah yeah because he's insane and i'm gonna have a heart attack yeah 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 but a good film but a good mm. film and julia fox that was her debut uh oh like the big big time like, that was her debut film yeah she's gonna be everybody's fave yeah well she's got the right last name you yeah know? oh yeah dude dude <laughs> yeah that last name is a is a pretty attractive last name. You're like, name. are you related to Megan? No, actually. Or Michael. <laughs> Michael. Michael J. Fox? Yeah. Is that your dad? <laughs> Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. Jamie Fox. But that's two, two X's. X's. Two X's. Uh yeah. I've I've finished some books too. Finished some books. Yeah, that were killer. And did I did I talk about it? Might have talked about it on the last episode, but it's about the Pacific Northwest and how yeah. that was okay, yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was like prior to Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Well, right after. So right. six oh, or right. seven yeah, years right. after okay. that. Yeah. That's right. So um yeah. which I guess Lewis, Meriwether Lewis committed suicide after and I might have said this in the last episode, but he committed suicide after all of that. Oh, interesting. This is some of the shit that went down. Crazy. Just a, yeah, just a messy thing for humans. Yeah. Being humans. Yeah. Yeah, I want to rewatch this wrong Missy because of, of how Oh, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was worth it. Had heard good things, and then I was very pleased. Yeah. So was my wife. She she thought it was pretty funny as well. Yeah. She that seems like one she'd be alright. Yeah. With. Yeah. So. So an update on COVID nineteen. I mean, we kind of already talked about. Yeah, it, we, we talked about it. We're yeah. gonna be back a couple weeks. Yeah, I think that it. I mean, people are probably gonna wear masks for like. The rest of this year, mm -hmm. maybe longer. You know, it's all going to be. Yeah, first. maybe it's just a lifestyle. We change. will see a. I do truly believe we will see a spike in the fall, just like we do with the flu. 
Oh, yeah. And, you know, as everything gets opened back up, there might be a spike in cases too. But TBD, right? Yeah. It's all... People will choose to continue to live their life the way they want to, and if that includes wearing a mask and, you know, maybe putting themselves in situations where they're not around people as much. Mm-hmm. Much as simple as yeah, that. It's as simple as that. Much respect. And then there's people that'll continue to just go about life the way they did. And yep. I think one thing that without getting too far down a rabbit hole is a lot of this is, you know, presented more fear over faith, I think. And so like in my personal opinion, it's sort of just like, Hey, if that happens to me and I'm able to fight it. Great. It happens to me and I'm not, you know? Yeah. It is what it is. It's, it's kind of the mentality of like, do you live, do you either live with the fear all the time or you choose to just ignore it? Yeah. And say, I'm going to die sometime anyways. Right. Right. Yeah. We got a, we had the NFL draft in, April, right? We did, yeah. So it's been, obviously, with it being kind of two months since we've uh, last had an episode or talked, uh, a lot's happened. Draft was big. It was huge. Um, Went smoothly, It went smooth, yeah. I think, well, honestly, it was probably one of the first events, like sporting events, that, that was televised or had some sort of, you know, TV coverage since COVID-19. Um and it kind of, I mean, you couldn't really tell that it wasn't a regular NFL draft other than you didn't see people in the background cheering. And yeah. I think they even might have pumped in. No, no, what did they do? They had like they had a bunch of like TVs in the background behind Goodell with all like the fans like from each team's like cheering individually. It's almost like they had NFL teams reach out to like their season ticket holders and be like, Hey, can you film yourself? Like just getting really stoked or jump, you know, jacked up about like a, uh-huh. a Vikings game or a Seahawks game or a Bengals game, you know? And, and that way, like there's some sort of crowd noise behind like the announcement of each draft pick yeah. while Goodell's, you know, calling it out. So yeah. anyways, they was, did their best with all the, with the, what they could do. Yeah. yeah the I mean, entertainment I, I thought portion. it was actually, pretty well done you know like from a from yeah. a media standpoint I, it was it was well covered so which a kind of theme throughout all of this is watching everybody adapt totally and still like hey let's still get going with some of these mm-hmm. activities mm-hmm. it was uh it was great to see that surprising picks some not so surprising picks there's winners obviously there's losers you got a, you got some notes here about Media impact rookies. These. Oh your, yeah. Are these I, your I, picks or are these these uh, the consensus? I. I would say. I've a. I would agree with some people. I've done a little bit of research on it, but I kind of felt like these were guys that I already said to myself prior to the draft. I think that these guys will have an immediate impact, no matter what team they go to. They're just that talented. Some of them definitely showed up on lists. One of them that was a consensus one prior to the draft and well, and then after the draft was uh, Jonathan Taylor. Okay. I was I was actually hoping he was going to get the, like that. He, he wanted to be a Seahawk, and we I guess just didn't maybe have 
the interest or the mutual interest, which is uh, sad. Or maybe we just didn't, you know, think that we wanted to take him where, you know, based on team needs. But he ended up with the Colts, which I think is an amazing fit. Him and Marlon Mack are going to create problems for defenses in that division. Uh, that's a two-headed monster. You've got a Philip Rivers that can hand the ball off. He doesn't have to rely on his arm as much as he Dude. used to in in, in uh, L.A. slash San Diego. So yeah, I think that I think that that's an incredible fit for Jonathan Taylor. I think he'll have an immediate impact. Is he going to unseat Marlon Mack as the starting running back right away? I don't know. Probably not. You know, usually they still. But he's so talented that they could end up being just a they split snaps each take 15 a game i could see that team running for 200 yards a game easily you know that's so fun and they still have they still have talent aired out if they need to so that'll i I think jonathan taylor's a an immediate impact guy javon kinlaw from south carolina so the niners traded deforest buckner to the colts right for that first round draft pick and i believe that's what the Niners used, um, I think I think he was a first-round draft pick. He might have been a second round. I can't remember. Yeah, I'll go to the Niners uh, while you're talking. But J- Javon Kinlaw, I think, is an interesting pick that could have immediate impact. They're going to need yep. someone to f- fill in on that, as you know, fill that void when losing to Forrest Buckner. And they have talent on the defensive line already. I think he's just going to add to it, and he's probably going to have an immediate impact. So that was one that I, I think, and uh, it sounded like, Based on research I did, consensus. He's up there. He's up there. One that I was really, really high on prior to the draft, and I think he ended up exactly where he needed to. He doesn't even have to change his colors from college to the pros, is Justin Jefferson. Okay. LSU wide receiver ended up in Minnesota, basically filling that Stefan Diggs void. As we know, Stefan Diggs in ended up in Buffalo. So a nice compliment to Adam Thielen. The thing I like about Justin Jefferson is he goes up and gets it, man. I think he had about 92.3% success rate of contested catches coming out of college, which is insane. I mean, the guy just, he just, you throw the ball and he's in, he's just clearly covered. He goes up and gets it or he finds a way to make the catch. So. That, to me, is just a perfect fit for Minnesota. They fill the void. He's first-round talent. He can run a lot of routes. And he's got this... They, they questioned his speed, I think, initially. Okay. Uh, but I think he put that to sleep at the combine or prior to the draft. So, he, you know, they can stretch the field with him, too, if they want. So that's a good one. And then one that I... I wish I could say he's a Seahawk, but we went in a different direction. We addressed the same position that he plays, but. Patrick Queen is an incredible linebacker, and I, I think that he'll have an immediate impact for the Ravens. The Ravens just always seem to get the most out of their linebacking core, um, so I couldn't think of a really a better fit. And he was on the board when the Seahawks ended up taking Jordan, Jordan Brooks. Brooks. <laughs> I should have known. Our first round pick. Jordan Brooks. We'll see. Jordan Brooks was a tackle machine, though, on college, and... A lot of the time, that stuff translates. 
He could be the next Bobby Wagner. Dude, he just look. He looks like Wagner. <laughs> he does from... kind of. Jordan Brooks does look kind of. He he does look. Like he just Bobby looks. Like I'm him. excited for him. I think that he's a smart football player. He's fast as hell, and he just shoots the gap really well. So we'll see. But Patrick Queen will be a great fit for the for the Ravens and an immediate impact. So those are kind of four guys, first round talent that I think will have immediate impacts for their teams. Um, heading into 2020. Love it. Yeah. It was killer. Oh, you got a nice little question here. Would, will the preseason be enough for rookies to even get rolling? I know that I'll, from what I've read, there's a lot of coaches and staffs that believe there might not be team activities prior to training camp. Damn, that's crazy. That's um, scary. Or, yeah. When so it comes to injuries. And we talked about this, I think, in the last episode or maybe the episode before that, but that ultimately determines what you're going to do in the draft or what what you decided to do in the draft and even in a free and free agency. Mm-hmm. I think perfect example. It's the reason why the Seahawks went and got Philip Dorsett. Okay, he's he's an NFL caliber receiver we know what he can do what he's capable of we take a receiver in the second or third round well he might he might not be able to participate in any sort of like activities we might need and keeping him you know a lot of these guys you know they're they're gonna they're gonna grind and work out and make sure that they're in tip-top shape come training camp but when you have that little time to yeah to you know get accustomed to a playbook what the culture's like it's just it's tough it's tough and so it'll be interesting the the preseason could be so different this year like it might be played without fans yeah you know so then you're playing football you know you're playing these scrimmages in front of like zero people and then you're you go you go into your very Granted, you've been in, you've played in a college game before, right? But there's got to be nerves as a college football player going into your first NFL game, assuming there hasn't been, a, let's say there wasn't a preseason game played at all this this year. They just went straight to. Yeah, now it's for the Marbles. Yeah. Or if they played a preseason game, it was more like a scrimmage because there was no one in the stands. Yeah. And the only people, and you're now you're walking into the same. You're team. walking into CenturyLink Field as a rookie in Seattle. First time you've ever played in front of an NFL crowd. That'd be awful. Yeah, the nerves would probably get to you a little bit, right? Well, and then the media is going to eat you apart. Oh yeah, and then the memes. Mm-hmm. It's it'll be interesting. I I don't know that. Um, I don't know that just a, a, a preseason stint would be enough to get rookies ready, but like I said earlier in the podcast, TBD. TBD. All right. In your opinion, Trev, what team looks poised to surprise us based on how they drafted? <laughs> He's Googling. That's, that's tough. Uh, I think that... Um, I think that you're gonna see. Why are you googling what Skip Bayless thinks? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not googling anything. 
I think that a team that like might surprise us based on their draft is I think I think Miami, and I say Ooh, that knowing I like that okay, one. surprise not a playoff team. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team, but I think that they're going to be better than they were. That divisions kind of mixed up a little bit. They had three first round draft picks, right. so you're gonna you're you're adding talent. One of those is Tua. Yep. Right. So I think that they very well could surprise with how quick with that how quick how yeah with how quickly. And like I'm saying, like, are they going to be an eight and eight team? Probably not. Right. But they're going to win more games than they did last year. Yeah, which is going to be immediate improvement and and exciting. Yeah. Well, and you got touchdown Tom Brady in Tampa, like Florida, and you got Gardner Minshew making fun headlines in mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. Florida's going to be a fun place for football. Oh, totally, totally. That's a good one. Is the easy answer a question I thought of? Is the easy answer to that question the Bengals? Yeah, probably too. I I, I wanted to, I, I I meant to address that at some point. When you add Joe Burrow and T Higgins in your draft, you're probably with with the receiving talent that you already have. Right. Cuz they're going to get back healthy AJ Green. Knock on wood, stay yeah, healthy. Yeah, whoa, Uh Tyler Boyd. Okay. They still have fast John Ross. So now, yeah, and now you add T. Higgins. Like you got guys that can definitely. Oh, and Joe Mixon, right in the background, right or dude. in the backfield. Like they they have talent on the offensive side, and I think Burrow, as long as he stays protected, I'm. I think that offensive line's not bad. You know, I'm not sure it's. Well, Dalton, Dalton was able to throw the rock. You know, mm-hmm. he he was bought a lot of time. Yeah. Anytime you have a QB who's not like the consistent franchise leader mm-hmm. that you want, but he's good enough to really win you some games, like that line, you could probably put a lot of different quarterbacks in that line and they'll be yeah. all right, you know. Well, and sometimes a change of scenery is all a player needs. Yeah. You know, guy like uh, Andy Dalton. It's uh, summoned back to Texas where it all started. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, where, who, who, where would he go in Texas? He's a cowboy now, man. Oh, he did. I didn't know he was signed with them. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Dak, so wants, Dak, Dak, wants, Dak wants all that money or Dak goes down, the Red Rocket might be back, man. <laughs> I mean, just saying. Just saying. That's good for him, though. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. That's a good move. Yeah. For especially for Dallas, like not knowing the Yeah. Sort of like we got I mean have a Dak wants to didn't he say last week, didn't Dak say he wanted to be paid like Steve or Jeff Bezos money or something like that? I think I saw something where he wants to be beyond anything. He doesn't it's not just quarterback money he wants like It's stupid. Yeah. It you're not do you think he's that good? I'm going to tell you what I think. Okay. I don't think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. I don't think he's the best quarterback in the conference. I don't think he's the best quarterback in his division. Okay. <laughs> and he may not be the best quarterback on his team. <laughs> no. It, Andy Dalton's there. And he wants Jeff Bezos' money. Exactly. 
nonsense. I'm just being real. I I just <laughs> think about it. Best quarterback in the NFL, Tom Brady, right? Right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Best quarterback in the NFC. Probably Drew Brees or Russell Wilson. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's there's others, but those are just two at the top of my list that I yeah. can think of. Uh now let's go to the division. So the division, Carson Wentz. Oh, Deshaun Watson. No, Deshaun Watson's in the AFC. Yeah. Uh, never mind. He's the best quarterback in Texas. Yeah. Best pro quarterback in Texas, Deshaun Watson. Nice. Best quarterback in in uh, the division. You might be able to make a when he's healthy. You might be able to make a argument for Wentz. Yeah. Years ago, it might have been well, not when Dak was playing, but I was going to say Eli. Just because he's got a couple Super Bowl rings, but that was probably kind of prior to yeah. Dak's time. So, yeah, no one really remembers those anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I think there's better quarterbacks for what he wants to be paid. It's ridiculous. Let's just put it that way. Like, yeah, okay, all right. Lead a team to a conference championship slash Super Bowl run, and you know. Then you can start asking. We can, yeah, we can start talking. Do what Russell Wilson did. Not even what Russ did. Just show me that. Well, first of all, show me that you're better than Russell Wilson because I don't see that yet at all. Not in the future, not now, not in the past. But it it doesn't even need to be like a Russell Wilson comparison. And he, like, you could, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is better than him. Damn. All right. And he doesn't put up the stats that Dak does. But in, in the zoomed out big picture. Yeah, I would, I, if, if I was starting a franchise tomorrow and they said, you have your pick between Dak Prescott and Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm taking Garoppolo. Yeah. yeah he needs to get his head, head on straight. It's the fame. And I don't even really like Jimmy Garoppolo that much as a quarterback. I think there's still, you know, you sit behind Tom Brady for that long, hey, you're going to learn something. Yeah. You're probably going to end up being pretty good. But I think there's still kind of that remains to be seen, like how good can Garoppolo be? Yeah, can he step up in the moment? And I think that's the same thing with Dak. Hmm. Do I think Dak is a bad quarterback? Absolutely not. Not at all. But if I'm if I'm grading him on his performance out of 100 in his time in the NFL, I give him B B minus. Yeah, he's middle of the pack, no yeah. question. And when he can't at, take games over. Yeah. They have the to thing. feed Zeke in order for Dak to be somewhat successful. He doesn't have this like like if the game is on the line and you're down two touchdowns, Dak can't put take it put yeah. put it on his shoulders like other quarterbacks can't. Like if the Saints are down seventeen points in the third quarter, I wouldn't blink an eye that Drew Brees could bring him back and win the game. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have that. It, to me, he doesn't have that it factor. Yeah. And it's a very obvious thing. People have it because it's what makes the, the sensation, the, you know, the, the out of Statistically, though, highlights. Dak looks very good on paper. Statistically. But 
the statistics aren't translating to... So they got another Tony Romo situation. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Damn, bro. Maybe. Cowboys need to get their life together. Maybe that's why they brought Andy Dalton in, man. Yeah. Because they just don't know. Dude, was it... Were we talking... Yeah, never mind. I won't won't say it. If you got questions, you ask questions, Mike. No, it wasn't a question. It was a... um, when on Tiger King, wasn't he ripping on the Cowboys? Like, if you like the Cowboys, you're gay. <laughs> Wait, and Joe Exotic said that. Yeah, he said somebody said something to him. He goes, "I'm not, I'm not gay." In the he's like, "But you like the Cowboys?" <laughs> Someone asked him that. Yeah, it's, it's, he was talking to somebody, and they were a Cowboys fan, and he was asking them if they were gay. And, oh, gotcha. And the guy was like, no. And he's like, well, I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Only Joe Exotic. Only Joe with. Exotic could get away with that. So this kind of, this question kind of spawns off of the ones we've been talking about. The, who has the easiest schedule? Going into this next season? Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't know off the top of my head, but. We could pull it up. Yeah, let's pull it up as I'm trying to sneak a red vine. Oh, I'm going to sneak one too. I know that the Seahawks have a pretty uh, middle-of-the-road schedule from what I remember. Yeah, I I thought it was way, way... I want to go to the, my team schedule. Oh, this comes at no surprise. Strength of schedule. This, the, the team with the... Hardest schedule based on preseason rankings. And there's a lot of parody, so we can't go off this, but New England. Finally, yeah. the Patriots have the gauntlet, gauntlet thrown at them. Bastards. You know who has a terrible first four games? Go look at the Las Vegas Raiders. First four games. Brutal, dude. At Carolina versus New Orleans. At New England and versus Buffalo. They might be 0-4. Ooh. Oh, followed by Kansas City. They might be 0-5. Then they got to play Tampa. If Tommy- oh, brutal, dude. If Tampa and Cleveland are getting their lives together, they could go 0-7. 0-7. Back to that whole comment about parody, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the Raiders have a. Uh, it's interesting though. Like, I, they think that they don't have that hard of a schedule, but it's to me that's br- that's a brutal schedule. That is a brutal schedule. It mis- it must just have to do with the back half. Maybe the back half isn't as bad. Yeah, it might tone down. But if you got to play the Chiefs twice a year. Fuck that. I know the Cowboys have a pretty easy schedule. Let's see where we at. Yeah, that doesn't look too bad. I mean, you got Seattle and Arizona are your biggest challenges in the first in the first half of the, of the season. But I mean, you got some games they could definitely lose. They. they... I would predict, assuming 
you know, Dax plane is healthy. Everybody's healthy. They're firing on all cylinders. By by the way, I will say this. I didn't say this earlier, but I do CD. I do think CD Lamb will have an immediate impact for the Cowboys too. Unfortunately. Okay. Um, but I could see them being six and two. Lose to Seattle at home in Seattle, and maybe lose to Arizona. Arizona, or yeah, Arizona or Philly. Yeah, yeah, I could see them being. Yeah, they don't. Or I guess I could see that that's through nine weeks actually, so they could be seven and two. Yeah, they play their cards right. They do have a, a chance. Yeah. Depends on that Cleveland game too. How how good Cleveland is this yeah, year? Yeah, I know. It, it is at home though, so they have that. That, oh. that uh, they have the benefit of playing at home against Cleveland. Man, like you said, if they if Cleveland gets going, man, that gives them a month to get going. If Cleveland's mm-hmm. rolling by then, they mm-hmm. could it could be fun. The interesting part of their schedule though is the last three weeks. I could see that. Um, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and then at New York. I think that they would lose to Minnesota on the road. I think that they'll lose to Baltimore on the road. Uh, Maybe Cincinnati. Yeah, probably not Cincy, but I could see San Francisco knocking them off in Dallas. I could see them losing to Philadelphia or blowing that game and then walking into New York the final week being potentially like nine and seven, ten and six. Are we a wild card team? Are we not? Because the NFC is always, you know, it's gonna be strong. Yeah, it's always it's gonna, gonna be, be strong again. Um New York but just takes they do have cookies. they do have one of the easier schedules. Um, oh that looks fine. I would not hate that schedule. Baltimore apparently has the easiest one. Pull that up. Oh, Houston, or excuse me, Cleveland at Houston, Kansas City at Washington, Cincinnati at Philly, Pittsburgh, bye week at Indy, at New England versus Tennessee, at Pittsburgh, Dallas at Cleveland, Jacksonville, New York at Cincinnati. Sorry, just just so the the audience knows where we're talking. Yeah, that's a... uh... I mean, there's not a lot of games right there where they like it sticks out. Where I'm like, yeah, they're losing that one. They they'll lose to Kansas City, mm-hmm. probably. Well, maybe not. I don't know. We'll they're see. at home. Yeah, they they play they play that game at home. That'll but be. They have another opportunity. That's a Monday night game. That'll be a banger. Nice. Oh, nice. They got an they gave an opportunity to go seven and zero into the bye week. Mm-hmm. If they can beat Kansas City, that's gonna be the toughest test. Yeah. And then after I that, I could see him having problems with Indy on the road. Oh, there you go. <sighs> probably won't have time. Probably won't have problems with Pittsburgh on the road, but you just never know. That's kind of become a rivalry. Yep. Um. Obviously, Dallas. Maybe. But that. But not too bad. Again, yeah, it's it's a, a pretty. Great, it's a pretty. I'd be stoked. They could. They could be thirteen and three. Yeah, dude. I if I was Baltimore right now, I'd be so happy. Who's got the best? What is Tampa Bay schedule looking like? Ooh, 
Dude, they're in good shape. Yeah, but they got to play Kansas City. You know what the best part about their season is? They get New Orleans out of the way twice in the first nine weeks. They don't have to worry about that game at the end of the season. Yeah, Look at the end of the season. Atlanta, Detroit, Atlanta. I hate when that happens. Mm-hmm. They've, they've done that to the Hawks before, too, where we played San Francisco literally both games at the end of the year. It's like, yeah. why? Um, all right, let's check on Minshew real quick. Oh. What's their toughest game? Is it Baltimore? Uh, yeah, by far. But, like, but I mean, does anybody else even remotely give them a hard time? Uh, based on what I'm reading here, they have the 22nd ranked strength of schedule. So one of the easier, okay. easier schedules. And I would agree with that based on what I just saw. All right. I got a question. Yeah. And I think it's on your list of questions. Uh, so we've gone through the schedules, um, for the division, toughest division in the NFL. Where's Joe feel? Whoa. Which mm. which means toughest division, right? So is this a loaded question like which division's gonna get the most teams into the playoffs? Oh. Or um, like do I believe there's a division with three playoff teams? Yeah, let's go with that second one. Or do I believe that it's just the most competitive division all around and everyone's gonna be nine and seven? Now I want that one. That last one. So you want both? Yeah. Um, I don't know what I want. I think talent-wise, it's hard not to talk about the NFC South. Mm-hmm. Especially now that Tampa Bay is loaded. Um, I don't think that that division can get three teams into the playoffs. Okay. But... And I, I don't know that I would say it's going to be the most competitive division. Like everyone's going to be nine and seven. I could be wrong there, though. The nine and seven division has got to be the NFC North. Okay. Usually, the Bears have kind of fallen off. I would say the nine and seven division present day is probably the AFC South. Like I could see Houston, Indy. Tennessee, Jacksonville's obviously the seller team, but who knows, you know, like yeah. NFL's a league of parity. Sometimes things change real quick. Um, and there's been some change in the coaching staff there too. So, but I think that that's a pretty competitive division. Um, I like that. The NFC West is... They're like the wild card division. Yeah. They're always they're always messing with people's plans. And then Honestly, I think the Rams are the worst team in that division now. Yeah. Is, did I make this up in my mind? Is Gurley gone? Is he asking uh, for a trade? I believe he signed elsewhere, didn't he? I think he yeah, did. Yeah, he signed uh with um Oh yeah, he signed with the Falcons. So now, I knew that, but I forgot about where he went because I knew Devontae Freeman was gone. Yep. 
um, and was also almost a Seahawk. <laughs> yep. We decided to go elsewhere. We'll get to that here in a few. Um, shoot. I mean, maybe that, maybe the Falcons are better. I don't know. The defense still needs a lot of work. Atlanta's defense needs work. Yeah. But overall, if I had to pick a division that I think is the best division in the NFL, I'd probably say the um, from a competitive standpoint, uh, the AFC South from a standpoint of could get three playoff teams in it, the NFC West. Yeah. Like, LA is, in my opinion, the worst team in the NFC West, but that's not saying much. Like, they, they, like, you can't, sleep they, they on can't them. really sleep on them still. They've got too much money wrapped up in like five players. Yeah. So they're going to be bad probably in a few years. Maybe not this year or next year, but the year after that. Right. In the next four years, they're going to, they could take a few, though. It, it could take a, it could take some turns. So, but yeah, that would be, those would be my picks. Cool. I like it. I had to kind of like, you know, I didn't want to say two NFC. Yeah. No, no, I like, unless I really felt truly like the right, you know, those, those were the two divisions, but I do feel like that AFC South is super competitive to the end of each season. Um, and there's a lot of young talent. Yep. All right. So the Hawks made some moves. Yeah, man. Addition of Carlos Hyde, who was with Houston last year. I think he had a thousand yard season with Houston. It was a great season. Didn't he have like six or yeah, yeah. six or eight touchdowns, something like that? I don't know about the touchdowns. It was definitely definitely had it over a thousand yard season. Definitely great. Uh, he's. I think that he's kind of an underrated ad. You know, like I thought that was a good. And I know that they were looking at Devontae Freeman, too. Um, it sounds like Devontae turned down the same exact money that they offered Carlos Hyde. And I don't know that he's even gotten an offer that was that great from anybody else. So, so it's kind of based, based on what I'm, I'm hearing, I think that we made a very good move. Um, I, was, I saw some statistic on uh, running backs that have success based on like based on the amount of carries they actually receive while and you know when they're on the field and Carlos Hyde's like a top 10 running back based on like when he's on the field has given the ball and you know runs the um plays that he's most effective with He's like a top five or top seven running back. That's trippy. That's some money ball type analysis, you know? Yeah, it's one of those, you, you got to get down to the nitty gritty of it, right? Like, yeah. that's where the scouting comes in. And... and that's why they pulled the trigger. A lot of people were up in arms about that move. They don't like it? Yeah, they thought it was too much money for somebody like that. Four million bucks? Yeah. The running back position doesn't get paid enough money. Right. Bottom line. So to me, I have no problem with it. Nice. All right. And he's clearly more durable. Yeah. 
Yeah, like that's then, then like Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman's or like Chris Carson. Yeah. Carson will be healthy. I mean, yeah. When Carson's healthy, he's amazing. I, and now we have like three guys. Well, any one of them could create problems for a defense. We have three guys when your depth is that much. I, assuming they can all get on the field this year, like at, or all suit up and be one, two, three on the depth chart for that day. Like that's pretty awesome. Dude. It's kind of the same mentality like the um John Harbaugh has in Baltimore right now. Go look at the depth chart for Baltimore. Yeah, good call. It's it's inc- they drafted J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State running back. They already had Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, and they have Mark Ingram. Dude, those four guys, any one of them can create problems for a defense. Like, it's insane how deep they are at running back. And I think they asked John Harbaugh about that, and he was just like, what's the problem? Why are you asking me? Is, is yeah. it bad to have four running backs that can all get it done? Yeah. And the one that he like spoke the most about, not Mark Ingram, it was Justice Hill. He's like, Justice Hill, we, we're not even, we haven't even hit the tip of the iceberg with this kid. Interesting. So, it's... Uh, oh, yeah, he's only 22. And J.K. Dobbins is a rookie. Dobbins has got that chip on his shoulder too. Like he was so pissed off about how many teams passed on him before he finally got drafted. Yeah. That's a guy you, that's like that Doug Baldwin mentality. Yeah. Guy you got to worry about now. That's just like, I got everything to prove and nothing to lose. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, the uh, Carlos Hyde ad, I think is, it's going to help. I think it's going to help. And we do a good job of getting the most out of our running backs. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him add another, you know, prior to camp. Or they might just be playing the waiting game, hmm. bring someone in. They really like Travis Homer. He, yeah. He, he played well, and when he was asked to do certain things in the backfield, he yeah. played well, and he's an awesome special teams kid. So Yeah, he earned his, he earned his stripes with those, mm-hmm. with that last year. He, he, a lot of people should trust him. Yeah. And he's he's got good hands too out of the backfield. Oh, totally good good uh, change of pace guy. Third down back can catch the ball. I think Carlos can catch the ball pretty well. In fact, I'm pretty sure a couple seasons ago he had like 53 catches out of the backfield. Dude, I remember when he was the bee's knees. Everybody was like, "He's the real deal now. He's the thing." Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool to be able to add that. I mean, it's no different than adding a Devonta Freeman. He was the bee's mm-hmm. knees a yep. little while ago as well. Yep. Do we want to get into the Quentin Dunbar stuff? Or do we want yeah, you know, I think we should talk about it a little bit. I mean, other than, I don't know, it sounds like he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, but yeah, it's unfortunate. I know that it probably will warrant some sort of suspension for being in the wrong place at the wrong time, but there's a lot of convoluted like information. They've got like five or six witnesses that said, yeah, he had nothing to do with it. He was just there. He didn't have a gun on him. It didn't look like he had orchestrated any of this robbery or whatever it was. It was just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Probably around the wrong people that were like, oh, you know, this guy's in the spotlight, so we'll put it on him. Huh? Come on. I don't know. That's, that's, everything I've read makes me think that something's fishy, something's up. Yeah. And, and, and it was like literally this, the next day, the Seahawks, the attorney for the Seahawks 
basically came out and said, yeah, he's pleading not guilty. He had nothing to do with this. There's too many witnesses that hmm. have. What a weird ass way to report that story, though. Then. It was so strange. Because, I mean, they placed him there with a gun in his hand robbing people. Yeah. But then they talked about there was another, there was a third person. Mm. And they said something about how there was cars positioned to like yeah, backed, get away, backed into the driveway so they could get away really quick or whatever. It was, it was bizarre, but hopefully that all pans out. Obviously, there was a big ad for us. And yeah, that was really exciting. Yeah. To be able to just immediately upgrade from last year's mm-hmm. pickup of um, mm-hmm. his first name. It's Diggs again. Quandre. Quandre. Quandre Diggs, yeah. So it, it yeah, hopefully I'm hoping he gets that, that cleared away. I'm hoping that it doesn't result in a long-term suspension. It, like I said, it seems like it's one of those situations that doesn't really add up. Yeah. And uh, he kind of out. feels like he's getting something pinned on him that maybe he didn't have a ton to do with. Yeah. Just with the wrong people at the wrong time. and Yeah. Yeah. Shifts gears. Yeah, man. Let's NBA, talk a little NBA. NBA. What do you know? <laughs> I just miss it is what I know. But that it's tough. There's, they're they're going to resume the season, right? Are they talking about like a restart in July or something? Know, let's pull it up. Like I said, man, wouldn't it be crazy if we're watching the finals in August? Yeah. I can't find anything. I don't know if they've said anything. Click on that right there. There we go. Late July. Best case scenario. 22 teams. This format would include regular season and play-in games to compete for playoff berths in both conferences. 22-team plan would include teams that are currently within six games of the final playoff spots. Interesting. That's kind of Which cool. makes sense because it's usually eight and eight, right? Yeah. That'd so be cool. So you're adding six more teams that are within reach. Means the Pelicans get in there. Oh boy, how fun would that be? Keep dreaming, buddy. With the quarantine, keep, keep dreaming. COVID nineteen Pelicans. It's too. It's too good to be true. Man. <laughs> they go and win it all. That's when you know we're in the matrix, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know they're coming back then, but really, the biggest news in the NBA is the last dance. Is the last dance. I haven't finished it yet, but it was uh it's it's well done. What episode are you on? Eight. Eight or nine, I think. Cool. Yeah. I'm trucking along. I find it um hard to watch like four of those in a row. Oh, I bet. You know? I've had to like watch them one or two at a time. Yeah. And I, it's not because I I don't find it interesting. I think it's fascinating. I just don't I feel like I kind of get to the point where I'm tapped out where, like, if I watch four hours of that, I would miss something. Yeah, I had to. I can't sit still for that long. You know, I got to get up in between, do something. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's, uh, but but it's weird because, like, with other series, like, you know, and maybe it's just because it's a documentary. Yeah, and you know how it all But, like, I could binge watch probably, like, four hours of Game of Thrones. It is weird how how the difference is just in I think it's because everything's different. With the, with with like, you know, it's not a reality um or documentary like stuff some stuff you, there's a lot of stuff I already knew. There's yeah. a lot of stuff I there is some stuff that is fascinating to me that I didn't know. Yeah. 
but it's really well done. I do think that, and it's hard not to do this, but they, you know, obviously they made it a lot about Michael more than the Bulls, even though it was, you know, I think the intention was to make it about the Bulls, but it's just naturally, naturally, it's tough. It'd be like, you know, getting to a point where, like, if LeBron had won three or four in a row, like, how would you with a certain team? How would you not do a, you know, documentary series about the team and not make it about LeBron? You know, right, just, like the Heat kind of always owes something to LeBron. Yeah, I mean more Dwayne, but definitely LeBron. Yeah, for sure. I it's the first TV series I've started and finished in in a long time. Really? Yeah, I just don't finish things anymore, and that. Well, that's good. Yeah, it was it was just cool the nostalgia and everything about it. It's even if you don't really like basketball, I think it's for our generation. It's a really cool oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Cause... There's it's it's cool to see some of like the other guys that weren't on the team speak about the situation too. Like Isaiah Thomas. Yep. That was interesting. Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Charles Oakley. Yep. Obviously, they do a really good job of painting Jerry Krause as the villain. Yeah. You know? Do you remember it like that? Not so much because I was pretty young at that time still. Yeah. You know, I was only 10 years old. Right. So I was still, you know, you're a 10-year-old kid. You're like a sports fan. You don't get wrapped up in the politics of it. Yeah. So that stuff, that part of it's been pretty interesting for me. I over the years I'd kind of come to learn like a few things about like some beefs, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did know about the like the Scotty Pippen like I took myself out of the game situation. Yeah, like I'd read about that if, probably mm, ten years ago now, but I didn't know like about like the team's reaction and then like who was it that gave the speech to in the locker room after that game? It wasn't Ron uh-huh. Harper. It was um. Bill Cartwright. Yeah. Bill Cartwright, like, basically was like, Scotty, let us down. I didn't know about that speech, and, like, yeah, that was interesting to hear about. But, yeah, it's great, man. I'm looking forward to finishing it. But, like I said, it's just one of those things where it's hard for me to binge watch, like, four hours of that. I don't blame you, dude. I don't blame you. But it is good. Moving along, though, we should uh, talk some mama. Mama, MMA. There's been quite a few events. Yeah, um, we uh we've had a uh, some great fights. Yeah, that the 249 card was awesome. Yeah, it was huge. Hopefully, everybody was able to catch that because some big stuff happened. Yeah, yeah. UFC's like also been one of the first, you know, promotions, professional promotions or sports promotions that has resumed. Yeah, get back in the fray. Yeah, which is kind of crazy because it's like the furthest thing away from social distancing. So, (laughs) let me just pour my blood on you, buddy. (laughs) But yeah, but but they look like they've been doing a good job, and there's been no hiccups or anything. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was good. The Cowboy Pettis fight was awesome. Probably not so much for Donald, but remind me what happened in that one. Uh, didn't it go to decision? You're right. And Pettis got it. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, and even Pettis himself was like, 
I'll take it. Yeah. What a win to win. <laughs> yeah. That was rough for Cowboy. Dude, every fight from here on out has been rough for Cowboy. Yeah, that's true. He still can knock you out, but it's just like, I think you get into the, if he gets into the third round, he's usually probably in trouble. From a just he just gasses, you know, like the. I love him. He's probably one of my favorite fighters of all time. But I think that it's just he'll continue to fight though until he absolutely can't. I mean, he's up there with like the Dan Hendersons of the world, you know. Just keep doing it and doing it and doing it until he can't, which I have, you know, the most utmost respect for. Yeah, I hope he gets to a point though where like there's like a. You know, it goes on a little win streak and gets a shot at maybe a title again one last time, you know. He's capable of doing it. I think he's just, you know, he's had a lot of great fighters thrown in front of him over the last, like, two years. Incredible fighters. Yeah, he has. I mean, shit. If you look at his body of work, it is insane. It is insane. Let's pull that up real quick, just so people can know. Let me just read you who he's fought in. Since January of 2017, we'll call it the ne- the last three years. Jorge Masvidal lost TKO punches, followed by Robbie Lawler lost a decision, followed by Darren Till TKO lost, beat Yancey Medeiros TKO, lost a decision to Leon Edwards. Submitted Mike Perry, knocked out Alexander Hernandez, won a decision against Al Iaquinta, lost in a, uh, by TKO Dr. Stoppage, Tony Ferguson, mm-hmm. lost to Gaethje, lost to McGregor, lost to Pettis. That body of work is f- insane, dude. If you go 500, that's incredible. The only person he hasn't fought is like Khabib. Yeah. That's nuts, man. Yeah. Moving around in weight class, too. Totally. I mean, you went from 55 to 70, right? Yeah, and then back down. Yeah. He'll ride away up in the sunset like no other MMA fighter has ever done. Because that's yeah. what cowboys do. <laughs> so my heart got broke on 249 as well. Ferguson lost to Gaethje in the main event. Oh, my heart was not broken. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what was broken, though. <laughs> Tony's face. <laughs> I didn't say it. You did. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I think it was- I, I, I got that one right. I thought Gaethje was going to come and make it tough for Tony. I didn't think that he was, he, I don't want to say that he'd had a test like Gaethje, but just from like a, someone who throws that kind of just those bombs and is just so good at combination punching. I just thought that he would have problems in it. It was weird. It was like the first UFC event. There were no fans. It, 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 there was something weird about the entire night. I just sort of had this feeling that like Justin was going to come out and bring Zay game and make pro- make things you know difficult for Tony. And he did, dude. He beat the hell out of him yeah, for four did. fucking rounds. It's insane. I'm, I was happy for him too. Elevation fight team. <laughs> there it is again. Hashtag Elliot Marshall, Gospel of Fire. It Gospel of Fire. They've got some great fighters coming out of that gym, man. There's going to be another champion soon. You watch. I, I'm believing you now, man. 
It, your boy, your boy, Aljermaine Sterling's got Corey Sanhagen on his. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that. We got UFC 250 this weekend. That's yeah, Aljo and Santagen. Yeah, that's gonna be a good one. There's some great one. fights on that card. You got Cody Asun Sal, which is Aljo before he lost to Marlon Moraes. That was his last loss. Was a cheap ass decision, split decision, mm-hmm. and then um. He's fighting Cody Garbrandt. A Sunsouth's fighting Cody yeah. Garbrandt. That's going to be good. Yeah, that'll be a good one. So hopefully Cody's back into it. Felicia Spencer. Maybe. Felicia's getting that shot, which yeah. we, we're we big fans of her on the podcast. Yeah. And then um, Sean O'Malley's making another. Sugar Sean. He had a great fight. That was that uh, Eddie Weiland? Yeah. Is that it? Do I have that name? Yep, yeah, Eddie Weiland. You're right. Yeah. Weiland. Neil Magny and Anthony Rocco. Neil Magny is also an Elevation Fight team. Is he? That's right. Is the Sunsaw from Elevation Fight team? No. No. They just have those two. Curtis Blades is. I believe Alistair Overeem's fighting out of there now, too. And then uh, the guy that fought on that uh, recent card that we really like, Drew Dober. Yeah. Elevation Fight team. They got some. They got some fighters, man. That's cool. They're all about doing it for each other. It's not about one man. It's not about getting guys to win a belt. It's about becoming better people, better fighters. The antithesis of Conor McGregor, Jim. Probably, yeah. Basically, probably, yeah. We didn't. We skipped over something that I did yeah, want to mention. Um, and we'll get back to this here in a in a second. But Cejudo retirement, man. Yeah, after the cruise fight. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't know. What did you think of that? Like, do you think that Dom was still? Uh... Uh, no, I think it was an all right stoppage. I mean, they're gonna always protect the fighter, but yeah, it was just interesting, like how he talked about it afterwards, and Dom. he's one of the probably best spoken yeah. analysts from like a yeah. He really showed a lack of of that poise. Mm-hmm. With just like the guy smelled like alcohol and cigarettes. I don't know what he was doing. He had all these kind of like kind of zany accusations. Yeah, and it's like well, I mean, Suhudo's beating the shit out of you. So yeah, yeah. I didn't really see him offer anything up. I need. I would like to rewatch that fight to see Suhudo, but he was kicking through Dom. Mm-hmm. Like he mm-hmm. was. He was. He came ready to go. I don't think. Yeah. Dom was winning that fight in any way. Yeah. But. Yeah. It, what do you think about the retirement, though, afterwards in front of no people? Like, it's just weird to me. It's oh, all, I agree. It, I, yeah. I felt like it was a stunt. Almost gimmicky. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just going to take a break. And then he shows up at, what was he at? Like, the All Elite Wrestling yeah. thing with Mike Tyson and Vitor Belfort yeah. the following week? Like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. I, I know think, you got a wrestling background, but you what are you gonna get into the WWE now? Are they gonna pay you more than the UFC? I know, and he would be so small amongst all those people. Yeah, you know, I don't even think like can the WWE even like run live events right now? There, I thought they. I don't know what's going on with them. They're they're getting some sort of permits in Florida. Hmm. It's essential business. It just feels like it's. Uh, Oh, I'm gonna take a sabbatical because I'm not making the money that I want. And I've got a target on my back, and I've now I've beaten Mighty Mouse, Dominic Cruz, and T.J. Dillashaw 
But what more do I really have to prove at this point? Yeah, who else is even, even? I'll wait. I'll wait until someone comes up on the rise that you know needs to be put back down. Needs to be put back down, and it'll produce a bunch of money and maybe be part of one of those international fight week cards in like a year or two. I don't know. But yeah. then some. There's you know some people are really some guys are smart. Like when a guy yeah. walks away from the NFL because he's like. CTE is fucking real, and I'm not gonna put my my mind, you know, through that when I'm 60 years old and I'm shaking, you know, because I can't can't remember can't remember. Yeah, I uh, I don't fault guys for wanting to walk away from that. So no, I don't either. If it is if it is the last fight that uh, Cejudo had, it's been, it was a hell of a career. Yeah, and he ended it on such a fantastic note. Totally. So totally. And maybe that was the point. Maybe it was the plan all along. Is like, maybe he knew like a year ago. He's like, I just need to beat Dominic Cruz, and I've done everything I need to do. Yeah, you know, go out on top. Yeah, technically two belts because I mean they still haven't even crowned a flyweight champion. I mean, no, they stripped him. I know they stripped him, but you know. Yeah, that's. I wonder what they're gonna do there. It's got to be. I think they're running that back. Formiga and Benavides. They're gonna do it again. I thought so. I thought that's what I read. I thought, no, I figured it would, Davidson won that fight with Formiga. Oh. Davidson Figueroa? Yeah. He beat Formiga in that, and then. And then he went and, and fought. And then Davidson beat Benavidez. So now they got to figure out, are they going to run that back, or is. Um, gotcha. You'd have to look at the left flyweight rankings right now. I, I can't, maybe. Stuff no, you're, you're is still good. not working. You're good. Just a quick couple of names I want to throw out there in the Woodley Burns card that just happened this week. That, that was a crazy fight, man. It was a great fight. Gilbert Burns is a killer. He's the real deal. The problem with Woodley is it's like he can sit there and with for five rounds with a killer like Kamaru Usman or Gilbert Burns and not get put down, but like, man, <sighs> he doesn't have anything to offer. Yeah, like. it's. I hope it's not the beginning of the end. It, it kind of feels like that. But he, I mean, he's going to, what is he going to do now? Like go fight Stephen Thompson again? Right. You know, like, what, <laughs> like, like what's, what's, the what's, what's, what's the point of that? You know, like what, what does that do for his career at this point? Like he's, he's obviously going to drop to probably five or six in the rankings. And yeah, then he's going to have to sit back and watch for a little bit. And which he was kind of already doing after he lost mm-hmm. to Usman. Because it's been almost a month, a year and a half. Has he fought so. in Robbie before they fought, right? I'd love to see. Yeah, that's how he won the belt. I'd love to see them fight again. That would be a good run back to get. That'd be a perfect fight, actually. Because you know they just throw big bombs. and Yeah. It would be a good boxing match. Well, and what if Robbie could get some redemption? What if he beats him? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but just some names on the prelims that you should be looking out for is Jamal Hill and Casey Kennedy. Kennedy's yeah. a bantamweight, and yeah, both those guys look tough as nails for sure, for sure. Two fifties coming up. That'll be exciting. Hopefully, uh, there's some some more um, fights uh, in the works. I don't know if Fight Island's ever going to happen now that Vegas uh, is kind of. I don't know why they would ever have gone with that. <laughs> I think that was it would just cost a pipe, so much it was money. A pipe dream. That's like fire festival all over again. <laughs> but it's total UFC. dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> absolutely absolutely you want to uh read this, this yeah tweet? dude it i, was, I uh, you read it to me earlier I, yeah i wanted to we're living in a crazy mixed up world and this is kind of going to wrap up the this episode appreciate everybody tuning in to episode 16 of making the cut with corbin trav the old one two check us out on uh instagram twitter at making cuts but kind of the final thought i figured i'd leave us with knowing we're living in a crazy mixed up world whether you know you believe one side of it or the other i think we're all kind of on the same page as in this day and age we just need to uh love one another more and be there for each other as citizens of this country i saw a tweet that i thought i'd share that zay jones who is a wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders, formerly of the Buffalo Bills. He had an awesome tweet, and I think he actually got interviewed, maybe it was today or yesterday. I think it was today on Good Morning America. But he tweeted this over the weekend. I was just at a local home goods store with my cousin getting furniture for my place when an elderly uh, white woman approached me at the checkout counter. For those of you that don't know, Zay Jones is uh, African-American. She looked at me with tears in her eyes and then said, I'm from Minneapolis and I just want you to know you matter to me. He followed his tweet up by saying, I hesitated to hug her because she was wearing a mask from practicing social distancing. But I asked if she wanted a hug and she folded into my arms. She cried while she told me how important it is to spread love. I didn't get her name, but I'm grateful for the encounter. Beautiful hearts still exist. Be the example. Be the light. Love others. I thought that was a good, good thing to maybe share and, and wrap up. As we know, uh, we're all dealing with just the, the crazy mixed up world that we live in. Hope that uh, people will uh, love on each other more because I think in in this day and age with what we've seen in the last couple weeks and what's going on in a lot of the metropolitan cities um, with hopefully more peaceful protests than looting moving forward. Uh, we just need to love one another more. I agree. And nice. Zay, Zay Jones's tweet was, uh, was good. I, yeah. I, I saw was that, glad you with, that with, up, uh, with us being a, a sports podcast, it's, it's always great to be able to share something like that from, you know, a figure in the sports community and, the United States. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you brought that up and, and to end on that note, man. Absolutely, man. Well, right. it's a great episode, dude. Yep. Good to be back, everybody. Absolutely. Stay safe out there. Yeah. Peace out. Peace.